Okay, so if you're catching this, you missed the first however many minutes. Sorry. Uh, catch it on Facebook, right? Uh, okay, uh, give, me, give me a few... What are some hot uh, topics, hot button issues today that could be one or another, right? I'll just give you one that's right on the top of my mind, right? Do you get vaccinated or do you not? Can I just tell you right now, if you get vaccinated, that's fine. Do it under the Lord. If you don't, that's fine. Do it under the Lord. There is not a law that says you have to. So I am just as right as you are, right? And so that is like one that is like perfect. Romans 14 just lays it out there that nobody's wrong. Okay, it's all about your personal conviction, right? What's some, give me give me a couple other ones. Anybody? Okay, same. <laughs> there you go, right? Anything else? Just right off the top of your head. Alcohol, right? Okay, so these are some things that are like okay. It relates. You know, there's a lot of things that we sometimes we come across, and it's like that really has nothing to do with me. If we go through this and you walk out of here and you're like, that has nothing to do with me, it's because you were asleep or you weren't listening, okay? Because this is like right on with what we're doing today. That's why I like it so much because, man, this Bible is like, it gives us the answer to your questions, right? Too many, I don't know how many different people will come and they're like, hey, so I'm struggling with this. Oh, that's great. I'm glad that you're struggling with these kinds of things and I'm glad that you want to follow what the Bible says. Here's what it says, right? And so this is just so black and white as we get into this. So, okay, we're, we're created to be equal in Christ, uh, but our growth is somewhat conditional on what, right? On what you're around, right? A person may get saved when they come into HBF. Man, you're not going to have a better environment to get trained up, to get discipled, to learn what the Word of God says. Somebody else may get saved by a street evangelist and not have that, right? So you get all the Holy Spirit you're ever going to get, but your growth is conditional on your surroundings, Right? It's no different than a baby, right? Their growth is conditional on how good you take care of them. You know, it's just the way that it works. So it starts in verse 1. Let me just read through the first several verses of this to kind of get our minds going, and then I'm going to circle back around. There's, uh, Romans 14, verse 1 it says, Him that is weak in the faith receive ye, but not to doubtful dispensation, or disputations. I think I said that right. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Let it not who uh, let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let uh, not him which eateth not judge him that eateth. For uh, God hath received him. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? Uh, to his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holden up. For God is able to make him stand. One man esteemeth one day over another, and another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord, and he that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth unto the Lord, for he uh, for he giveth God thanks, and he that eateth not to the Lord, he uh, eateth not, and giveth God thanks. For none of us liveth to himself, and no, uh, no man dieth to himself. For uh, whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. That's the whole point here. Verse 9. For uh, to this end Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be the uh, Lord both of the dead and the living. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set at not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess uh, to God. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. There is nothing that says, do this, don't do that, in that passage, right? It is, it is very, and I don't want you to think that, because some people are like, you say there's no gray areas in the Bible, this is a lot of gray. No, it's not, because it's talking about your personal, your, your personal uh, conviction on these things, right? And so, 
And it's okay, and it's biblical, and it's not gray because it's very black and white the way that I feel about it. And it's okay, and it's very black and white the way you feel about it. And it's okay as long as we do it unto the Lord. That's what it's saying. So the point here is not all Christians are like equal. Not all of us grew up at HBF. Not all of us grew up in a church where we were discipled and everything else. And that's why he says, To him that is weak in faith, receive ye. That's what he's talking about. So that means, that infers that there are some people who are weak in the faith. Would you agree to that? There are some people that aren't as uh, established in the faith as you are. That's what we're talking about here. We don't grow equally from birth. Christians come... uh, to Christ from various backgrounds. The Gentiles came from a pagan background that was fairly loose. Think about the, the, the environment they're in. They come from a pagan background. There, you know, every, anything goes in Rome, right? And so they come from that. They get saved. Paul's out there evangelizing. You know, what do they do? They're, they're not the same as the Jews. The Jews were very strict in the things that they did. The Romans, they were very different, right? Their, their hymns were, right? It's your thing. Do what you want to do. You know, say what you want to say. Go where you want to go. Be who you want to be, right? Let it all hang out. They sang hymns by, you know, John Mellencamp, right? Or a band called Nickelback. They talked about their problems with authority, right? John Mellencamp, right? I fight authority and authority always wins. Some of you guys get that reference. They believe that 50 Cent was Truman Dollar's half-brother. They, they come from a different background, right? <laughs> some of us come from a background where there was some worldly living before we grew up in Christ. Some of us got saved at a very young age and never really knew life outside of the church. Guess what? Neither one of you is worse than the other as long as we're living for Christ today. You have to understand that. What you did in the Roman culture was this. You created a God to endorse what you wanted to do. That's what they do. Even in like India or Asian cultures today, that's what they do. They just create a God that endorses what they want to do in, in, in that they want to inject in their lifestyle with a spiritual significance. So you had a whole plethora of gods to choose from. Basically one for every profession or anything you wanted to do. But the Jews came to God from a strong, monotheistic, one God, this is what we believe background. Well, how does that work? You've got both of these trying to merge in the church of God. And sometimes it's like, I don't understand, right? The Jews are looking at these Gentiles like, I don't know what you're doing, but it's got to be sin because it is not godly, right? And that's just what they think, right? They understood that there was right and wrong and one sovereign God overall. They understood that God had commandments to be kept. So they had a more stringent approach. And the problem was there were some things they looked down on. Not because the Bible directly prohibited them, but because of who did those things and where they came from. If a Gentile Gentile did it, it automatically made it suspect. (laughs) Because they've been taught to stay separate from the Gentiles for their entire life. And so now, all of a sudden, there's a church, and you've got Gentile people over here, and they've been taught since they were a kid, don't associate with the Gentiles. And now, you know, they're like, well, Paul says that, you know, we're all serving God, and so I want to do that. But man, they're over here living like, and I just can't get my head wrapped around it, okay? It's no different than you coming into the church, and somebody's different than you, right? That's what we're talking about here. That's what we're trying. Jesus wasn't like that, though. Even in his gospel ministry, he treated women with respect, right? He talked to people that nobody else would. Peter was talking about equality and inheritance of eternal life. So now with these different groups, when they came together in the body of Christ, people don't just automatically drop their preferences. I don't know if you knew that, right? People don't just automatically say, oh, okay, well, if that's what you like, that's what I'm going to do, right? I I don't know if you know anybody that is, let's just call them strong-willed, 
right? Um, but that's how most people are. And most people are like, no, it's my way or the highway. And then this person is like, no, it's my way or the highway. Well, guess what? That's not what the church of God is supposed to look like. And so that's what we're talking about here. It's a lot like getting married, except for, I don't want you to think that this is my marriage, because my marriage never was like this, okay? But I'm just, it's a lot like getting <laughs> married. Look, I just, I just told you it was not like my marriage, right? I've just heard, right? It's a lot like getting uh, married. I actually have a story I want you to tell here in just a second, but uh, it's, a, it's a lot like getting married. Sometimes we make the mistake of expecting the other person just to transform himself, notice I said himself first, or herself, into our physical brother or sister just because they said I do. But you know what? None of us marry our sister, right? Because we don't live in... I'm not, never mind, I'm not going to say that. We just don't do that. <laughs> right? <laughs> we don't do that. We come from different households. We come from different... Like, we were raised differently. Yeah, we were just raised right. You're right. <laughs> we come from two different families, from two different neighborhoods, two different preferences, right? And and so, I was going to tell a story, but my wife tells it better. So, uh, What's the maybe I will tell a story. So, you should, like, prep me for class. No, it's all good. <laughs> it's way better like this. <laughs> I'll tell them. No. Tell me what I'm telling you. Soon after we got married, uh, I tell Paige, I'm going to go change the oil in the car. Right? And, and I'm like, I'm going to go change the oil in the car. Right? And so she's like, okay, fine. So I go out, and I don't even remember this. I just, I've heard her tell the story enough times, and I'm like, that sounds about right. And so, like, I go out, I change the oil, I come back in, and I don't know, what was it, you know, 30 minutes or whatever, I come back in, and she's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, what do you mean, what's wrong? She's like, well, I thought you were changing the oil. I'm like, I did. It's done. And, you know, she's just like, no, you didn't. Because like, and and I, I love my father and all the death, but it, but but she she's like, well, in my home growing up, changing the oil was an all afternoon affair. Like it took hours. Now and, you're gonna go change the oil, well, you'll probably be back at dinner time. And, and it's just and it, it's just different things, and I'm like, and so so much so that she's like, you, you must have done it wrong, right? <laughs> you must have. And it's just because we grow up in different homes, right? The way we do things are differently, right? I don't know how many times, and you guys know, my wife can cook better than, I mean, just she can cook, right? There were times, as soon as we got married, I'm like, that's not how my mom did it, right? Not a good thing to say, right? (laughs) Not a good thing to say. That's the whole point. We come from different backgrounds. And just because we're different doesn't mean that we're wrong. Does that make sense? Same thing in the church. You've got Jews who have been serving the Jewish law. Now all of a sudden you've got these Gentile Romans who got saved. And that's what the book of Romans is talking about. There's different lifestyles coming together. And you know what? It's all on personal conviction. There's enough doctrine. There's enough don't do this in this book. We don't need to add to it the things that we think it ought to say. right? And so that's what he's talking about here. The real mistake we make is if we sit on a crusade to control the other person in marriage or in the church or anything else, right? I have a hard enough time controlling myself. Well, who am I going to, you know, it just doesn't work like that. People don't just drop their their culture. They don't just drop the way that they are, their perspective, their their upbringing, right? If there's any tension point at home, it usually uh, shows up when your background comes against your spouse's. That's a different, that, that different perspective, difference of perspective leads to frustration, if you think that your way is the only right way, right? You bump heads, it just doesn't work, and you try to change each other, and that's not what marriage or church is supposed to be like. 
Whatever you marry at the altar is pretty much what you get, right? That's just the way that it is. Don't try to change somebody. So Paul gives us some great guidelines for living if the family uh, of God in chapter 14. Right? And so if you can avoid, or if you can adhere to these guidelines, you can adv- uh, avoid schism or split in the body or in your marriage or in anything else, right? So he says in 14.1, Him that is weak in faith receive ye, but not to, not to doubtful disputations, right? Not for, don't, don't receive him so you can change his mind. Right? That's not what we're doing. We're not receiving people in so we can change their mind. Now, if they're off doctrinally, yeah, we're going to show them the right way. But we're not like, oh yeah, you're different than me, so come on, I'll, you know, I want to disciple you so I can change you. That's not what we're saying. He says, him that is weak in faith, receive you, but not to doubtful dispensations. Believers are joined together in one body, have to learn uh, to accept them for their differences without trying to make others believe just like them. Right? This is important for the body of Christ. Nobody can be condescending. Jews cannot tell, you know, cannot act like the parents to the Greeks, you know? Because then the Romans are like, forget you. I don't I never liked you anyway, right? And it's just division. They can't just they can't act that way. The problem is most of us are proud individuals and we would like everybody to be just like us, right? Because we've got it all figured out and if the rest of the world would just be like us, it would be easy. Right? How many times have we thought that? Meredith's like never. (laughs) Never The way we know that is because everybody else is always wrong, right? The weak Christian is one whose conscience is overly sensitive because of lack of instruction, right? So when we talk about weak Christians that we're talking about, it's just somebody who doesn't really know what the Word of God says, so they're weak in faith, right? It doesn't mean that they're wrong. It doesn't mean that they're less. They're just weak. They don't have the biblical instruction that you are, right? They might be a new Christian or simply one who's never had the benefit of discipleship in the church, the instruction is for us to take him into the congregation. Don't draw him into arguments. Don't seek him out in debate and just try to, to, to make him doubt his position, right? Even though you might think their position is an error, right? Just because I think one way on the situations we just talked about doesn't mean that I'm going to try to tell you that what you think on it is wrong. Uh, you don't live with me. It's fine. I, we don't have to... All those things that we talked about should never like have any division in the body of Christ. There's no reason for that. Any of the things that we listed a little bit ago, and then a hundred other things, right? There's no reason that they should have any division in the body of Christ. When it does have division is the people that want to say, because you don't think like I do, now you are lesser, right? That's when it causes division, right? Do I have an opinion on every one of those things? Yes. Am I going to tell you? Probably not, because it's not worth it, because then your pride is going to provoke my pride, and my pride is going to provoke your pride, and then it becomes an argument, right? It is all personal conviction right every one of those things we don't judge one another as to personal opinion we judge one another on biblical absolutes you want to try to tell me there's more than one god now we've got an issue right you want to try to tell me you know you want doctrine like this is what the bible says okay now we're going to have an issue these things like why but you know what these are the things that divide churches these are the things that you know make people leave the church. These are the, and these are the things that shouldn't matter, right? And I get it. We're going to get into the, pers- the, the the section on conscience when okay, if you're making your brother stumble, then just stop it for a minute, you know. And we'll get to that. But the point here is, this is not the stuff that should divide churches. The difference between an opinion and an absolute is shown by the fact that preferences are built on inferences, right? And so the difference between an opinion and an absolute. Is shown by the fact that preferences are built on inferences. 
and not directly onto Bible states. Let me give you an example of that because it's kind of wordy, right? But it's my HBI notes, so it's kind of wordy. Preferences are built on inferences. So Jesus Christ is the Son of God. The Bible states that, right? Tell me I'm wrong. If you're going to argue, we're going to argue because Jesus is the Son of God. That's the way it is, okay? There are a lot of things in the Bible that are like that. You should not smoke cigars. The Bible only infers that you should not smoke cigars, right? You know, and how do we know that? You infer that from other verses that actually say that your body is the temple of the Holy, the Holy Spirit, right? But you know what? Any of you know who Spurgeon was? Charles Spurgeon? He's known as the Prince of Preachers, like one of the greatest uh, dudes. Like You could read just like little excerpts of this guy's life, and it just like fires me up. Charles Spurgeon is a get-or-done Christian from way back in the day, right? He smokes cigars every day. Well, I guess we need to throw out everything he ever did then because, right? No, it was different time and culture, right? And it was all built on inference. It wasn't strict doctrine, right? That's the difference between an opinion and an absolute, right? It's all built on inference. We now, I understand the Bible says your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Don't be controlled by any substance. I get that, right? But it's also his temple, right? And so, it, who am I to say you don't do that, right? Who am I to say, why, why are you getting ink on your body? You know, who cares, right? At the end of the day, this is not the body that I glorify Christ with forever. I get a new one. Praise Jesus, right? So, why are we worried about things like that? I didn't think about tattoos. That's a good one. It is. So, what do you do? What do you, what do, you do with that? You know, you know, Spurgeon, was, he was great. What do you do with that? You do just what the chapter tells you to do. And for all you want, from what you believe, what the Holy Spirit is saying, just don't put that on anybody else. You can infer that that's what it says. Great, that's for you. That means that you probably ought not smoke a cigar because then your conscience is going to be at sin against God. Right? It doesn't mean that His is. So why are you worried about it? That's what this chapter is trying to tell you. That there are things that are just like they will. The problem in the Roman case was that there was an unbalance of faith. One brother was weak in the faith, the other was strong in faith. Right, so so what does what does that mean? That the brother that was that with a weak conscience, he's free, but he doesn't feel like he's free because he doesn't know that he has liberty to do those things. Right? Somebody who is as a new Christian, you're more free than you're ever going to be. Right? I remember doing things after I got saved before I knew any better that I look back on and I'm like, oh my gosh, if I did that now, like. I think the lightning would strike me dead immediately. But I had more freedom because I was ignorant. I didn't know any different. To whom much is given, much is required. No, I'm not, so stop that. <laughs> there were certain things that I did after I got saved that I just didn't know any better. I just didn't I just didn't know. Like so she just said it. I got saved early spring one year, um, in two thousand eight. Like I did, I got radically saved. Like I, I knew that the spirit of God was in me, but there were certain things that I just didn't know any better. I knew that there were certain things I ought not do anymore, right? Like talk to my wife the way that I was doing things like that. But there were other things that the spirit of God hadn't worked over me yet. So uh, we went out the night before Easter. You know, that's what I did, and we spent a long time out at you know Mary, a, a few different establishments, and I may have been fairly uh, intoxicated, right? A lot. And we got up and came to church because I knew that's what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to be at church. I was living on the things that I knew and the things that I didn't know. I look back on that now and I'm like, that was some of the dumbest things I ever did. Right? If I did that now, like there is no way that I would expect God not to strike me dead because I know better. Right? Not because you can't drink. We're not getting into that argument. Because I was I couldn't remember what was happening. Like that's a problem, okay? There was 
That's what we're talking about. There are things, you have more liberty as a new Christian than you're ever going to have because some things you just don't know. But the problem is a weak Christian doesn't know that he has liberty, so they're really timid about anything that they do because they're afraid that anything that they do is going to offend the, the more mature Christian. Praise Jesus that we go to a church that it's not like that. It's like the more mature Christians, it's like, hey, hey, buddy, probably don't do that again, right? And, and if you do, then now we're going to have an issue. But so that's that's the that's the difference between a church like HBF, or at least I pray a church like HBF, at least a class like Passpoint, and we're going to come along somebody and say, hey. I get it. I was there one time. We probably don't do that anymore, right? As opposed to, oh my gosh, you did that, right? So there's a difference there. Now, if you continue to do that, then there's a problem, okay? That makes sense? Okay, glad we're tracking. You have more liberty than you've ever had. You just don't understand that you have that liberty. His conscience, a, a weaker Christian, is still playing catch-up in his Christian liberty. Some Christians go so far as they don't want to have a TV in their home, right? They only want to homeschool their kids or send their kids to a Christian school. Some Christians will not drink medicinally, let alone socially. Some Christians won't go to the movie. Some Christians will not eat at a restaurant that serves liquor, right? Some people are like that. That's okay, right? The problem is not that they don't do those things. It's that they, it, the problem is that they don't do the things that they don't do. The problem is that it offends them when somebody else at church does do those things. That's where the problem comes in. It's not that they don't do those things. It's fine. You want to homeschool your kids? That's great. You want to send your kids to public school? That's fine. Right? That's all conviction. You, know, you want to not go to a certain establishment because of what goes on there? That's fine. Right? Uh, we, we, uh, Paige and I ate at a place uh, after the marriage retreat. It was, uh, it was called the Capitol Grill. It was on the plaza. This place was amazing. Like, best steak I've ever had. Right? It wasn't cheap. Right? But this place, the walls were lined in bottles of wine. Some people would be like, I can't go there. It was the greatest meal I think I've ever had. Like, <laughs> like some people wouldn't do that, right? So the problem is the fact that you—it's not that you wouldn't do that; it's that you would look at me differently because I did do that, right? That's where it comes into being a problem. I hope you're tracking with me. And then the problem is that they try to impose their conscience on somebody else's choices, right? That's, that kind of goes back to the whole point. You're trying to make your personal conviction someone else's doctrine. You know, and that can go in a lot of different areas, right? Oh, you don't homeschool your kids? Oh, right? That's what happens. We don't ever say anything. We just, oh, you know, you, you guys go to that? Oh, we don't, we don't do that, right? Or, right? Who cares, right? I, it's not like we're going to the bar, right? I, I like Buffalo Wild Wings. They serve a lot of alcohol there, but you know what else they have there? Good wings, Right? In any of the, any of that kind of stuff. So, you know, just because I choose not to partake in certain things doesn't mean that I can't partake in some of the better things that they have. I hope you're tracking. <laughs> then you've got another brother who says that TV is just a natural expression of culture. Another brother says that his children aren't injured when they go to school, so I'm sending them there. Another brother's brother says a glass of wine with my meal doesn't hinder my walk. Another sister says that I'm going to wear pants and I don't care what you think, right? Because it doesn't change the way that, right? One is condemned by his conscience while the other is not. You know what? Can I just boil it down for you? If the Bible does not condemn others, then you should not use your conscience as a basis for condemning them, right? If the Bible isn't black and white saying that is wrong, then why are you trying to play God and saying that that is wrong? Just because you choose not to. Now, if you decide that because they're doing it, now I need to do it, that's when conscience comes into play. And you're like, 
Now my conscience says not to, but I feel like I have to because they are, right? Now you are at sin against God and you're at sin against your own conscience. And we'll get to that point. The point is, don't try to tell somebody else they can't do it because you feel like you can't. Unless it's black and white in the Word of God, right? We all have different, you know, levels of where we're at. There are certain things that after I got saved and I learned, I, I went too far with certain things when I was lost. I knew I can't do that anymore, right? And as, a, as years have went by, now I've learned that you know okay, I, can, I can do those things again and I'm not worried about like stumbling. Right? I'm not worried. There was a time after I got saved that I didn't listen to anything other than I wanted to fill my mind with as much Christ as I could. Right Now, if I only listened to Caleb, I would probably pull my ears out. And that's just my personal preference because there's certain things. I can only listen to the same eight songs so many times. Right? And that's just me. Go to, Brenton has worked with me some here recently, right? Uh, it, it just depends on the day. There are some days that it's like, that's what I'm in the mood for. We're going to listen to worship music, right? We're remodeling a kitchen. We're listening to worship music. The next day, it might be 80s rock because that's what, and it, it's okay, right? Other days, it's Metallica. Other days, it's the things that, you know, it just depends, and that's all right. But it took a while for me to get to the point where it's like, okay, that's not going to defile my conscience anymore. Because that's what happens. It takes you back to a time when you were lost, and then you start thinking about all the things you did when you were lost. It doesn't do that for me anymore now. Right? It's just music. It's just something that's going on, and that's all right. You have to understand that you have liberty in Christ. We only made it through one verse. 14 2. Fourteen. I told you. Verse 2. For one believeth that he may eat all things. Another who is weak eateth herbs. Right? It is scriptural to eat all things. When Paul wrote to Timothy, he described one form of legalism that would crop up in the last days. First Timothy 4, 3 and 5 says, Forbidding, for, uh, forbidding to marry and command, uh, commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them who believe, or which believeth and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be re, uh, refused uh, for if it be received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. That's why we pray before we eat. We pray because we're bringing a foreign object into the Holy Spirit's temple, right? We don't have to ask His permission to do that because He's created it. We just have to sanctify what we're bringing in, right? I pray for the food that I'm eating, that it, you know, it glorifies my body, that it makes me do the things that I do and it doesn't make me sick, right? You, you think that and you're like, what do you mean? There were times when I was in India, when I was in Nepal, you prayed for your food that it didn't make you sick, right? It's like, I'm going to eat this and I pray that it allows me to have some strength to do what I need to do and more importantly that I don't get sick because of it because I don't know what's in it, right? That's, that's why we pray for the food that we eat, right? Not just because that's what we're supposed to do. We have to take something out of the world and set it apart, consecrated, consecrated for our nourishment that we can do as work, right? It's a legitimate exercise. Uh, it's legitimate to exercise uh, the right that we can eat anything that won't eat you first, right? It's okay. The Bible says that it's all clean. It, it is what it is. A person who so believeth, that's what it talks about in that verse. It says, for one uh, believeth. A person who believeth believes right. Because some Christians had weak consciences towards such things, which was a problem in Rome because all the Jews couldn't eat what for so long? Pork, right? They didn't eat pork. So now all of a sudden, Peter's like, no, it's all right. God said so. And they're like, no, wait a minute. We couldn't do this for how many years? And now all of a sudden we can? I don't, I'm confused. And then all the Romans are like, hey, you want some bacon? And they're like, it just makes me sick to look at, right? It, they were from different places. <laughs> So let's look at food for a second and we'll be done. 
the Jews had come to Christ out of a religious background that said certain meats were unclean. Now all of a sudden they find themselves with liberty in Christ. But that still doesn't make them comfortable, you know, eating a cheddar jalapeno brat because they're like, I don't, that's, just, that's, just, that's just weird, right? They just didn't do it. God did not immediately change their conscience because their upbringing had been conditioned by their culture. In some cases, it was reverse conditioning because in some cases, it's what you it's not what you allow, but what you had too much of. And since you went out of control at rock concerts, now you associate that style of music with you know, the morality of that setting. Therefore, when you hear contemporary Christian music at church, you're conditioned to remember back on your wildlife, right? And your conscience is smitten by that music. Some people will even go as far as to say that if you don't listen to anything other than Christian music, then you're in sin. Wrong. Right? And so, it's all your... It's all your conviction. We're going to stop there. because There's a lot more to say about just this before we can even find a stopping point. So I'm not going to skip some of the things that... Uh, that God gave me when I was... Yeah, there's some good stuff in here. So, uh, Here's something you can think on this week as, as, uh, as we come back, because we're going to get back into this next week. Uh, we call it Christian music, right? Do, do we call certain things like Christian math? Or what's the difference between regular math and Christian math? Right? What's the difference between regular music and Christian music? Right? Just think about that this week. Right? We call it, we call it Christian music, right? Let's pray and we'll... Uh, We'll get rolling. Next Saturday. Next Saturday at Brady's house. Yeah, it might be the video that goes along with it. That's that's where the problem comes in. Let's pray. Go out and use your liberty this week. Just don't sin. And if you do, I didn't tell you to. So <laughs> let's pray. Father God, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. Uh, I thank you for the liberty that comes in uh, you know, just being in Christ. Lord, we have more liberty now than we ever did. We have liberty to live, and you know, uh, a lost person, the only liberty they have is to, to die. And so, Lord, I do pray that we take these things and we really uh, just value them, we nourish them, and, and that we wouldn't use our liberty as an occasion to make our brother stumble. And we'll get into that in the next coming weeks, Lord. So I do pray that we would think on these things, that we would kind of meditate on them and, and understand you know, why you give us the convictions that you do. And, and I do pray that we're not uh, defiling our conscience along the way. So, Lord, I thank you for your word. I pray that uh, over the next coming weeks that it would be more clear as we go through this passage. And uh, again, I do pray for just our study in First John. I'm, I'm excited about it. I do pray that uh, your word would just be impactful in your church. And uh, I pray that the, the gospel goes where it needs to go on time. So I pray you just send us out to sleep this week as lights in a dark world, that you get the honor and the glory from our lives in Christ's name. Amen.